I'm going to read the scripture at a moment, and I'm going to ask you, so I don't know we don't normally do this, but I, I was driving along in my car this week, and uh, I felt the Spirit of God just highlight and say, I want you to speak this Sunday on this particular passage. And so I'm going to read it, and, but just part of our worship, so we don't change gear. We've had such a great morning hearing the prophetic voice of God already. And so I'm, I'm going I'm to read the words. I'm going to have you stand in just a moment. But before I do, hands up if you were here last week. You were here last week. Okay, a few of you were here last week. Um, just to recap, uh, I spoke last week on the process of Peter from the very beginning of his journey with Jesus, where Jesus told them to go to the other side. And they got in the boat, if you remember, and there was a storm. And in the storm, Peter, who was a fisherman, freaked out so much and he woke Jesus up who was asleep and he said master don't you even care we're going to drown and those who've been in the church for a while know that that whole passage of scripture was all about taking territory Jesus told them to go to the other side when they got to the other side they were confronted with a demon then they went to the to Galilee and when they got there they were confronted with sickness so there was a storm then there was satanic attack and then there was sickness when Jesus calms the storm cast out the devil and he cured the sick. My point is just simply this, and I, and, I, and I think this is really key for us, especially crossing over a line today, which was the prophetic word, that we, rec- we realize just how far we've come. That we realize when we're going through this journey with God, when we're going through this journey in life, Paul says, I make it my goal to see, to see Christ fully formed in you. So we're becoming more and more like Jesus. But like children growing up, you don't realize until grandma sees them or someone hasn't seen them for a long time and says, wow, they've grown so much. And as a parent, you don't see it because you see it every day. But I just wanted to say, church, we've come a long way. God has done so many awesome, amazing, wonderful things. And at the end of Peter's life, and this is where we went last week, Peter is in chains. He's in shackles. James has been uh, executed, and as Peter is arrested by four squadrons of soldiers, he's chained hand to foot and was told after the Passover, he'll be, he will stand trial. And there's Peter in chains, asleep. That's my point. At the beginning, before he even really knew who Jesus was, Because they said, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is it? He was mad. Don't you even care we're going to die? We're in a storm and you're asleep. Jesus was living in a realm where there was no storm. And when he spoke peace, peace came. Because internal realities always create external realities. What's in here will come out here. Jesus, Peter learned that lesson. So towards the end of his life, He was able to sleep in chains. My point is simply this. When you look back over your life, you realize just how far you've come. The things that once freaked you out, once things that caused so much turbulence, they caused you to be disorientated like in a storm, that as we grow in God, we realize, wow, the thing that threw my faith, the thing that knocked me off center, the thing that freaked me out, the thing that scared me so much no longer scares me. Why? Because I've grown so much. This morning when I came in and one of the first things I heard was the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. And that's what I want to talk about today. So if you can, if you can turn with me to um, 
Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. And when you've got it, if I can ask you to stand. Because I believe there's something in the Spirit of God that He wants to do in us today. Not just to hear a message. Not just to hear some points and three points in a poem. Uh, but allow the Word of God to go inside of you. So if you want, you can just close your eyes. And I'm going to read this. The Bible says, let the Word of God dwell in you richly. Let it dwell in you richly. In order to bring the Word of God to our remembrance, we have to first get the Word of God inside of us. And Jesus told another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed into his field. But while everyone was sleeping, an enemy came and sowed weeds amongst the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. So the owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed into your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until harvest time. At that time, I will tell the harvesters to first collect the weeds, tie them into bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into the barn. Verse 36. Then the crowd left him and went into the house, and the disciples came to Jesus and said, please explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. And Jesus answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man, God himself. The field is the word, the field is the word, sorry, the field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are the angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burnt in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will weed out his kingdom, everything that causes sin, and all that do evil. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you that this word that comes from you, your voice in print, is living and it's active. And Holy Spirit, I just want to say thank you for what you've already said today. Thank you for speaking. Thank you, thank you for strengthening us through prophetic words and different gifts. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to live in a country where we are not being, we're not being persecuted for our faith in the way that so many are. And God, we just yield to your word today. Let it take root into our hearts and bear fruit, and fruit that remains in Jesus' name. Amen. You can grab a seat. If you listened to the words that came today, I think this message as you, we go through this, you're going to see so many things that will ring true about what God has already said prophetically. In this word, you're going to hear the word that came from Jamie. You're going to hear the word about the kingdom. You're going to hear the word about this, that, and the other. This year, by the way, is all about people from the different congregations that, that are part of life streams and, and the network that we're all together in is about people. And in 2 Peter 3.11, it says, in light of all these things, and Peter's talking about the end of the age, 
Uh, and he says, in light of this, what kind of people ought we to be? Will you say that with me? What kind of people ought we to be? And it leaves it as a question. In light of this, what kind of people ought we to be? And this year, we're going to reach people. It's already happening. People getting saved. People got saved last Sunday in here. And, but we, we just, we've, there's something so powerful that I want to just take from this scripture today, which I believe will, be, will bring life to our bodies and, and do us good. So Hebrews chapter 12, you don't need to sh- uh, turn there. It says, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The kingdom is the domain of the king. It's the king's domain. Kingdom. Right? Are you with me today? Are you alive? I know it's snowy. Matthew chapter 13 says this. The kingdom of God, we've just read this, is like a man who sowed good seed. Everyone say good seed. We're talking about good seed today. And I've got three points. The first is seed. The second is weed. And the third is deeds. Seeds. Weeds. I'm going to put an S on the end of weed. Seems we live in Illinois. So seeds, weeds, and deeds. Okay? That's what we're going to talk about. That's where we're going. I'm going to go fast. Seeds. Everyone shout seeds. Seeds, seeds, seeds. You know, we are triune beings. We serve a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But we ourselves are triune beings, spirit, soul, and body. And we, ha- we are spirit, right? We are spirit. That's who we really are. The Bible says that we, when we get born again, when we give our life to Jesus, we get born of an incorruptible seed. Everyone say incorruptible it's an incorruptible seed. It's incorruptible. Our spirit man gets born again from above. Brand new. We become new creations. The old is gone and the new has come. But we live in a body and we have a soul. So we are spirit, we have a soul and we live in a body. It is our spirit man that is born again. It is our spirit man that is born of an incorruptible seed, but we have a soul, which is our mind, our emotions, and our will, the way we think. And that is under attack constantly. Our bodies can be under attack constantly, the shell that we live in. And we have to look after those things because we are triune beings. But today I want to talk about the seed. I want to talk about this seed in us. I want to talk about the seed that, that God recreated in us. The spirit man, the, the core of who we are. Other translations or uh, in the scripture would call it our heart. A few weeks ago I talked about the fact that we have a thinking heart. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. There's a lot more to the heart, the human heart, is it, than just a muscle. Psychologists are, are discovering now things about our heart, how it's not just a muscle that pumps blood, but it actually thinks, it actually has memory. Above all else, guard your heart. Why? Because from it, the issues of life flow. Guard your heart, because it's, it's not just a muscle that pumps blood. It's from the, it, there, the issues of life flow. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Our heart can get sick. Our heart can get contaminated. It's with our heart that we love God with all of our heart. Okay, I'm not going to go there. So in this situation that we're reading about Jesus, he's, using, he's telling a parable and he's talking about seed. And the seed here was wheat. 
right? You can't change a seed. A seed is a seed. And this seed Jesus is talking about is wheat. The ground can't change the seed. No one can change the seed. Wheat is wheat when it went in, and wheat is wheat when it comes out. You can mix it, and it's still wheat. You can boil it, and it's still wheat. You can bake it, and it's still wheat. You can make pizza out of it, and it's still wheat, because wheat is wheat. Seed is seed. Here, Jesus is talking about seed. He's using a parable, and he's talking about wheat. Everybody say wheat. Okay. But spiritually, he's talking about the seed in us that gets born again. All right, I'm gonna, we're going to unpack this in a moment. Each one of us here, whether we like it or not, have our father's seed. Agreed? I am the son of my father. Whether I like it or not, I have three sons, and they have my seed. They are my son. If I'm good, then I'm his good son. If my boys are good, then my good son. If they're silly, then they're a silly son. If they're happy, then they're a happy son. If they're sad, they're a sad son. If they're healthy, they're a healthy son. If they're sick, they're a sick son. If they're rich, they're a rich son. If they're poor, they're a poor son. If they're dead, they're a dead son. If they're resurrected, they're a resurrected son. The point is, they are my son because they are born of my seed and they will always be. Nothing can stop me from being my father's son because I'm born of his seed. Think how powerful it is, church, to know that when you got born again, you were born from above. And now, not only are you born of your earthly father's seed, but you have the DNA of your heavenly father's seed. That's the truth. Come on, this is why it's good news. So, let's go back to the text. Verse 27. The owner's servant came to him and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed into the soil? Have you ever thought, God, why do bad things happen to good people? I thought I was belonged to you. I thought I was a Christian. I thought when I gave my life to you, everything would be good, everything would be easy, and yet it just feels like I'm surrounded by weeds. It feels like I'm being choked. It feels like I'm just being overwhelmed by stuff and troubles and things in life. And I thought, I thought it was going to be easier than this because you're my heavenly father. And now I'm born again and I've got this seed inside of me which has been recreated because of the cross. It's incorruptible. Then why is all this happening? You have his DNA You've been born from above. But the issue is, church, I don't think we always understand the weeds. Nothing wrong with the seed. I want to suggest to you this morning that perhaps there's something about the weeds with an S that we don't fully understand. Let's go back to verse 27. Verse 27, where did the weeds come from? Verse 28, Jesus says, an enemy did this. 
No, he answered, because while you're... No, okay, verse 28. An enemy did this, replied, do you want us to pull up the weeds? And Jesus replies, verse 29, no, leave them alone. Let them grow together. Hello. No, don't pull up the weeds. Let them grow together. But, 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 but the good seed is good. It's being surrounded by weeds. Let's pull up the weeds. No, leave them alone. Let them grow together. The field, there's seven things here, but I'm just going to read through. The field is the world. The seed, the seeds are the sons of the kingdom, the church. We're the seeds. Yes? We're the ones who've been born, born again from above. If you've not been born again from above and you're like, what is this weird, strange language? He keeps talking about seed and uh, heavenly seed. And I'm going to give you an opportunity today before this meeting closes. I'm going to give you an opportunity to meet the wonderful person of Jesus so that you can say, I want to be born again from above. (laughs) And it's so fantastic. That's why it's called good news. All right. So. The field is the world. The seed is the sons of the kingdom, which is the church. And the, and the weeds are the devil. Remember, we just read this. Jesus says, they said, Master, could you explain to this parable that you're talking about? And he did. The devil, watch this. The devil will always attack the seed. Right, Josh? The devil will always attack the seed. Do you remember in Peter it says, think it not strange when you face the fiery darts of the enemy? Duh. In other words, of course you're going to get under attack. Whoa. Of course you're going to be under attack. Because you're good seed. Do you know that God hates, that the devil hates God? And he hates us because we're made in his image. And every time the devil sees you and me, he sees God. And he hates us. And we are born from above. We get to hear the great news of the gospel that Jesus died on the cross and we can become born again of an incorruptible seed. He doesn't like that. He gets mad about it. The devil will always attack the seed right from the very beginning. The serpent speaks to Adam and Eve. The first seed after creation. Did God really say that? God only said that because he knew the day that you did that, you would become like him. The enemy is a liar. He's a twister. Do you remember Pharaoh? Kill the baby. Kill the firstborn. Kill the boys. Kill the seed. Don't let the dreams become a reality. Don't do it. Kill the baby. Kill the baby. Kill the baby. Kill the seed. Don't let the dreams become a a reality. Stop it. The enemy will always go after the seed. Are we agreed? We're going to go. This is really important. I believe this is the word of the Lord to us today. Right where as we start this, because we're going to start talking about people. And over these next few weeks, we're going to talk about us as a people. And we're going to talk about how we're to reach people. We're a bunch of people that were once nobodies and now we're somebodies trying to reach everybody about somebody and his name's Jesus. And so we, 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 we have a mission before us. How can we take this gospel, this good news, and tell people about Jesus? How can we reach people with the power of God? 
I was reading this week in Peter and in Timothy where Paul is writing to his son, Timothy, in his last letter before he dies. And he's instructing him. It's one of my favorite books. It's just full of instruction. And he says, in the last days, Timothy, people will be lovers of themselves, haters of God, careless, reckless. Jesus says, in the last days, there will be wars and rumors of war. If you watch the news today, what I'm talking about today is so applicable. We're in the last days. There's like plate tectonics. There's a shifting happening in the church. There's a shifting happening in people. And we've got to be aware of what God is doing. We've got to be aware of the enemy's tactics. Paul says, do not be ignorant of Satan's devices. But when you hear war about war and rumors of war, Jesus says, do not be alarmed. Do not be frightened. And this message, I want to start before I unroll, un- unpack this over these next few weeks, is to start with the fact that you absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt today, church, that you are seed from you and you are good seed. Why are you good seed? Because you're God's seed. And yes, we live in a world where there's weeds. And sometimes those weeds can look so high, I can't even see the light. But there's something we can learn about, not only seed, but understand weeds that God allowed them to grow at the same time. And when we understand that, then it helps us navigate through life. Okay, rather than, it just doesn't work. I just don't know what's happening. I'm going to throw away my faith. I'm going to shipwreck my walk with God. Don't do that. Where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this. Shall we pull them up? No, leave it alone. The enemy always goes after the seed. But one of my favorite passages is where God says, the seed will crush the serpent's head. (laughs) Part of the curse that came in Genesis that was broken at Calvary was because he, God turns to the serpent and he said, because you did this, the seed will crush your head. Do you know Golgotha? Where the cross was is the shape of a skull. Did you know that? Did you know Golgotha is on the side of a mountain? And when you look at it, if you look at the photographs, or if you, many of you have been there, it looks like a skull. And Golgotha was called the place of the skull. And when Jesus died on the cross, that cross penetrated into Golgotha, into the skull, into the head. The seed will crush your head. Jesus was the seed. And because he crushed the serpent's head, died on the cross as a lamb, the only one that could, making a way, giving us access to the Father so that we could come boldly before his throne of grace. And now we're not of Adam's seed. We're of his seed, an incorruptible seed, and in a bloodline that is without sin. And now we are the sons of the kingdom. We are the church. The seeds are the sons of the kingdom, Jesus said. It's the church. It's the people of God. Oh, so when there's weeds, shall we pull them up? 
No. Why? I want them to grow together. Let's keep reading. We're the seed. Oh, This is good. This is really true. I'm not making this up. That's why I want you to stand today and just hear the word of God. Just read this. Read Matthew chapter 13. It's really great. Jesus tells a story. They go, we don't get it. He says, I'll explain it to you. Then he explains it to them. And he explains what each one, what the field is, what the angels are, what the devil is, what the seed is, what the world is, what, who we are, who he is. It should give us great hope. We're born, as I've already said, of an incorruptible seed. Would you say that? Incorruptible. That means this, that somewhere inside of you, your heart, the true you, your spirit man, the part that will go to heaven, that will live forever and ever, is incorruptible. It's not corruptible. That's why if you were born again, that's it. Whatever, whether you're an Armenian or a Calvinist, I'm not here to argue that. I just want to say that there's nothing Jonah, who could, who's sitting on the front row here, there's nothing he can do to stop being my son. He can move to the Amazon rainforest. He can tattoo his body. He can change his name. He can renounce his passports. He can join some tribe and he can eat berries for the rest of his life and say, I'm just, I'm, I'm no longer a Reynolds. I'm no longer a part of that family. But no matter what he does, he's still my son. Why? Because he has my seed. But we are born of an incorruptible seed. That means when you get born again, you get born again. There's no way back. This is one of the greatest lies of the enemy. Do you remember those evangelism things? There's like a mountain, and then there's a big valley, and the valley's full of trash. And then you can't get to the other side. And then there's the cross. And the cross is the bridge that gets you from one side to the other. That's great and everything, unless, until you go on to, the, to fully explain what happened. That we were born again. There's no way back. Because what the enemy does is, if we sin over on this side, he says, back you go. And then you're living in shame, and I need to do penance, and I need to do more, and what can I do? I feel terrible. That's just a load of rubbish. It's an absolute load of rubbish. Once you're in the marvelous kingdom of light, you're here because you're a son and you're a daughter. By the way, I'm, I'm, when I talked about sons of, of, sons of the kingdom, I'm talking about children. I'm talking about the children of God, the people of God. So ladies, I'm talking about you too. Don't worry, we get called the bride. So, are we good? All right. Okay. Incorruptible seed. Do you remember the story of Job? It's a, it's a fascinating story. Um, and there's this funny dialogue between God and this man called Job. And, and, and he's dialoguing, first of all, with Satan. And God says this. He says, have you considered my servant Job? There's no one like him in all the earth. He's a man who fears God and shuns evil. And the devil says, yeah. But the only reason he's like that, the only reason he's righteous and blameless, is because you put a hedge around him and everything that he owns. Take the hedge away and we'll see what happens. God says, very well. Take away the hedge. And then he says this, but on the man himself, his spirit, his seed, the core of who he is, you may not touch. Deal? And off they go. 
Now, I just want to say this is an Old Testament story. We're, under, we're in the New Testament under a new and better covenant. Isn't that good news? I just want to say that because some people say, I'm going for a Job experience. I'm like, really? Where's your boils then? Not, not the boil family. But are you, are you cutting with pieces of clay the boils off your skin? Did the Chaldeans come and take away your house? Did it collapse? And did they take all your livestock and murder all of your family? Hello. So, but God says, have you considered my servant? There's no one. But on the man himself, you may not touch. On his spirit, you may not touch. See, no matter what happens in this world, Even if our body dies, our spirit man lives. Because that's the real me. That's the real you. It's our spirit. It's our seed. The seed from above. The seed from our heavenly father. The incorruptible seed. That's why if we we spend a lot of time, we need to spend time on our spirit man. We need to spend time on our soul and on our body too. But our spirit man is the one that's going to live forever and ever and ever. In, in, the, in the world, we spend a lot of time on cosmetics and, and makeup and plastic surgery and tummy tucks and all these kind of, kind of things. Do we not? It's a multi-billion dollar industry. But it's all fading away. But we spend less time on our inner man, which is our spirit man, which is going to live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So just a thought, maybe we should spend some more time on our spirit man. Paul, God says to David in the Psalms, he says, David, I would rather you rule your spirit than take a whole city for me. In other words, it's not just what you do for me that matters. It's what's going on on the inside. What is going on in your spirit? What's going on in your heart? What is really going on in your heart? Because that's the part of me where I live David, that's the part of of you where I live. That's the part of you that's going to be with me forever. That's the part where I'm going to speak to you, where I want to live inside you. This is the part that really, really matters. Now, I want to just clear up that it equally matters, or not equally. It also matters, and sometimes we forget this, and we, we all get this order in different ways, don't we? Spirit, soul, and body. Some people really focus on their body, some on their spirit, some on their soul. But we are triune beings and we need to look at all three. Because if your body collapses, what good is your heart or your spirit? Amen. I'm learning this now. I don't feel qualified to talk on this particular area yet. One day I will. Watch this space. Okay. Incorruptible speed. Um, Jesus is talking in this parable to an agrarian culture. These are farmers. These are people that are working with seed. They're planting. They're harvesting. This is the culture that he's speaking to. That's why he talked to them in this parable. This is why he talked to them in a language they can understand. And crops gave farmers value, and crops gave farmers worth. Did you get that? Really important. I nearly finished. Crops gave value to the farmer, crops gave value and gave worth 
So it would be like today on how much money you earn or how much, uh, how much your, your, is in your 401k, how much is in your bank account, how much real estate do you earn, what's your net worth. It would be the same there. How much value you have was based on your land and what it was producing. We are his, seed, are his seed in his field. Everyone say his field. This is really important because the world belongs to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The, uh, this world belongs to God. This is his ground. Okay? So the battle, stay with me, is, not re- is really between God and the devil. I'm going I'm to back up. I don't think you, you, you really believe me. We are his seed in his field. The battle is between God and the devil. He's attacking the owner. He's attacking the owner's field. And he's attacking the owner's seed. I'll say it again. He's attacking the owner. He's attacking the owner's field. And he's attacking the owner's seed. And who's the seed? That's us. Right? This is why the Bible says the battle is the Lord's. Is a penny dropping? This is getting good. This is why the Bible says, do not be alarmed. This is why the Bible says, do think it not strange. In 1 Peter 4, verse 12, when you face the fiery darts of the enemy. The more of the wheat, the more the tares. The more the good seed, the more the weeds. The more there is a, a sense of God doing something and people getting born again, we shouldn't think it's strange when there's more tares, when there's more wheat, where there's more weeds, where there's more attack. The greater the value, the greater the attack. No thief breaks into an empty house. Let's break into there. There's nothing there. Amazing. No, a thief breaks in because he wants to steal something because there's value in there. Again, what I want you to hear today is how valuable you are. Chloe said it about seed. She said, I believe God wants us to have, to know our identity today. It's a great word, Chloe. Can you see? The seed is our identity. We are born of above. We're of his seed, of his DNA. We're born of an incorruptible seed. And we're planted into the world, which is the field, which is the world. And there are tares, there are weeds, which is the enemy. And they're looking for value. Read, let's go back to the text, verse 30. Shall we pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling up the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, and later he says the harvest of the angels, to first collect the weeds and tie them into bundles to be burnt, then gather up the wheat and bring them into the barn. When I look at the world today, 
and I see the threats. What's happening on the news this week, watching what's happening in Iran? Wars and rumors of wars. When I look at the tares and the weeds raising so high against the seed. And Jesus says, leave them alone. Let them grow together. And this is what I will do. I will. When I say, when I say the time is right, I will send the harvesters, the angels, and they will tie them into bundles. They, I will do it, says the Lord. I will send my angels because you're good seed. And I will deal with that. And then I'll bring you into the barn. I'll bring you home. You cannot read one scripture. Those who have studied the Bible, good hermeneutics. You cannot hang a doctrine on one scripture. The scripture interprets itself. Jesus says, as we'll read as these, these oh, sorry, Peter says, as, as we'll read as these weeks go on. Jesus is not coming back. Sorry, Jesus is not slow in keeping his promises to come back, as some think. He says, no, he's being patient for your sake. Because he wants everyone to have an opportunity to hear the gospel. It's his will that no man perish, but all come to the knowledge of him. Can you see that we're good seeds planted in the field, which is the world? And there is an enemy, which is weeds. And Jesus is saying, let them grow together until harvest time. I'm being patient, so everyone has a time and an opportunity to be saved. But when the time comes, I will send my angels to deal with this. So do we pull them up? No. Do we let them grow together? Yes. Do we wage war? Yes, but not as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not carnal, but they are spiritual. Amen? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities of darkness. That's the weeds. It's really helpful when you're up against someone and you're arguing. You're like, you're you're not arguing with this person. The argue is not flesh and blood. It's, it's against principalities of darkness, which is what Jesus explains in this text. There's something else going on. But he says, but what I want you to really know, what I want you to really, really know is that you're good seed. That I want you to really know that you're born of an incorruptible seed. Oh, Paul says this in Acts 20. He says, all I know about the next city that I go to is that trouble and hardship await me. And then he says this in the King James, but none of these things move me. (laughs) Why? Because he understands seed. And he understands weed. And finally, I'm going to end with this. And this, gosh, I'm really going to end right now. Um, 
is deeds. And I'm just going to read this. In fact, can you all stand? I'm going to read this then. Well, we're done. Just close your eyes, if you will. I'm, I'm going to kind of end today where I'm going to start again next week and as we unpack this. But just close your eyes. I'm going to read this scripture again. I'll read another scripture. It's in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Bear with one another and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, watch this, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as, as members of one body, we are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of God dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether it's in word, watch this, or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord and give thanks to our Heavenly Father through it all. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for rising from the dead. Because there's not one of us in the human race because of our own sin that could do it. But you came from a different bloodline. And those, and those of us here have given our lives to you, got born of that, again, of an incorruptible seed just because we ask you to be our heavenly father. Lord, I ask today that we would cross a line, that we would leave patterns in the past, habits in the past, issues in the past, apathy in the past, laziness in the past. And that God, as we leave this room today, we would leave and get in our cars. And Holy Ghost, I ask that you would fill our cars with your presence. I ask that we wouldn't just carry on this day one more moment without recognizing that you are the God of new beginnings. And that as, as we heard from Shauna today, behold, I'm doing a new thing, though it springs up, don't we perceive it? God, as your people today, we perceive you're doing something new in us, in us. And God, we receive it, we take hold of it, we own it, God. And as we leave here, God, I just thank you for everyone in this room that as we leave here today, we will cross over a line and leave something behind that we will step into something brand new, something that is fresh, something that's full of your glory and your goodness, something that's full of just your, that gives you pleasure, something that is where we just can really enjoy you, enjoy your presence, enjoy the way you love us. And God, for those who've gone through a turbulent times, 
God, those who've gone through times of, of being threatened by weeds, threatened by being, coming under attack of, the, of seed coming under attack, whether it be children, God, whether it be circumstances, whether it be health, whether it be relationships, whether it be our careers, those things, the seeds, those, those, those things that have come under attack. God, I just speak peace and I release peace in this room to every person, to every man, every woman, to every, to every child, to every parent, every grandparent. I speak peace over you in Jesus' mighty name. Receive peace. And if there's anybody here today and you just, you're, you've heard these words like being born again. You've heard words like seed, incorruptible seed, that it's good seed, but you're really a little bit confused. I just want to simply say this. Ah, oh, thank you, Lord. There is an answer. And it's not a feeling or an experience. It's a person. And his name is Jesus. And Jesus came on this earth to carry your shame and my shame, to carry your sin and my sin, to carry disgrace, to carry sickness and disease. And it was nailed to him on the cross. The cross was so ugly that God's, Jesus' father turned his face and Jesus said, why have you forsaken me? It was because he was carrying all of your sick, sickness and shame and your sin and mine too. And the good news is he offers it as a free gift. He says, if you ask me, if you'll ask me to come, I'll come. If you ask me to forgive you, I'll forgive you just like that. If you ask me to change your life and the trajectory of your life to the very reason you were created, I'll do it just like that. All you have to do is ask me. So if that's you, I want you to just pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I don't really know you. I've heard about you. I've met people that know you. But today, I want to know you. Today, Jesus, I, I, want, I want you to forgive me. I don't know how to cross over a line without you. So please, forgive me for my sin. Forgive me where I've missed the mark. Forgive me where I've just done things my way. And Jesus... Will you come? And I'm praying this the best way I know how and live inside of me. I surrender. I give up. I give it all to you. And I pray this the best way I know how. In the name of Jesus Christ.